This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. Today's reading in the One Story Reading Plan is from Genesis chapter 18. I want to call your attention to verses 13 through 15 today. But the Lord asked Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Can I really have a baby when I'm old? Is anything impossible for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will come back to you, and in about a year, she will have a son. Sarah denied it. I didn't laugh, she said, because she was afraid. But he replied, no, you did laugh. Genesis 18 records for us the mysterious advent of three strangers that show up at Abraham's doorstep. Have you ever seen someone and immediately know knew that they were necessary, that they were important in your life? You couldn't put your finger on it, but you could tell that there was something different about this person. Well, the book of Hebrews reminds us to be kind to strangers because some have entertained angels unaware. Such was the case here in Genesis 18. Though Abraham did not immediately know why, Abraham knew enough to realize that he should roll out the red carpet for these guests. These visitors would make clear their intentions soon enough. This is on the heels of God's miraculous covenant promise, the dramatic covenant ceremony, the graphic sign of the covenant. God has done and is doing some deep work in Abraham. It's a supernatural work that's infinitely bigger than he is. God had made some big promises to this old man, and now, as we will see, he comes personally to carry out this promise. Abraham had struggled to believe God's promises from the very beginning. An old man with an infertile wife becoming the father of a great nation, or as chapter 17 said, great nations, plural. God had promised descendants as many as stars in the sky. He had promised land as far as he could see in Abraham. It was all still waiting to be realized. And such promises were too big for him to really comprehend. Even After all the promises were made, Abraham still struggled to see how God would accomplish it, wondering aloud if God might accomplish this promise through his son Ishmael. The son conceived through his impatience and sinful attempt to achieve God's plans for him. But then God powerfully reiterated the covenant through a dramatic procession and a graphic sign. And now he has come down to cement this covenant promise that a child would be born and seal it with a covenant meal of fellowship. This is incredibly significant to understand. Well, when the strangers arrive, almost intuitively, Abraham recognizes that these men are royalty. One of them especially is to be honored. He calls the one man Lord. It's it's a title of reverence and respect, even falling on his face to worship him. Now, Abraham is a wealthy man. We know he has lots and lots of possessions, even causing the separation of Lot and Abraham earlier in the story. God had blessed him immensely, and yet he falls down to worship this seeming stranger and acknowledges him and his friends with complete reverence. 
What was initially supposed to be a little bread and water became a feast of kingly proportion for these men. Abraham has Sarah making bread, servants preparing a calf, bringing yogurt and milk as an appetizer. This, this covenant meal was about more than just accommodating unwanted house guests. See, in the East, when someone entered your tent and you fed them, it meant a whole lot more than just giving them a meal. It was an invitation for fellowship. It said that you honored them and valued them greatly, even to the point of defending them with your own life should you be attacked unaware. It promised protection and fellowship and blessing. The text tells us that these strangers were none other than the Lord himself and two angels. These two angels were the heavenly witnesses to God's inauguration of this covenant meal with Abraham. As they were eating, one of the divine strangers asked where Sarah was. Now this is significant because he calls her by her newly minted covenantal name. This should have signified to this daughter of the king, which her name now means, that the stranger fully recognized and understood the ramifications of the covenant made with Abraham. He tells her that in the same year she would have a son. These were almost the exact words spoken to Abraham a chapter earlier when Abraham contested with God about his promise. Chapter 17 ended with God promising to do something for which only he could get the credit in bringing a child through Sarah's dead womb. Ironically, she laughs at such a preposterous thought. Sarah was thinking in purely human terms and virtually ignored the supernatural perspective necessary to see by faith what could never have been accomplished by sight. Inwardly, she doubts what God is saying. There's a struggle to believe God's covenant promises in her heart, and she scoffs at such a thought. Removing any doubt as to whether or not these strangers were of heavenly origin, the Lord immediately rebukes her unbelief. He asked the rhetorical question at the heart of our study today. Is anything impossible for God? This is the fundamental question. When God sets his mind to accomplish a promise, it will always be done in a way that we would never expect. But that does not negate God's intention nor his ability to accomplish it. In attempting to cover her unbelief, she contests, I, I didn't laugh. We learned that the root of her suspicion and her dishonesty is her fear. She was afraid of what would happen. The matter is dropped because the Lord already knew her heart. While she did laugh, God would eventually get the last laugh, giving her a son within the year just as he promised, a son she appropriately names Isaac or Laughter. How do we apply all this? Well, like Sarah, we sometimes struggle in the tug of war between faith and doubt related to believing the covenant promises of God. At times, they seem so fantastic that it becomes difficult to believe God would accomplish them in our lives. It, it may seem like it would be easier if God would just come down and tell us exactly what would happen. But the human heart struggles to connect the dots and believe the covenant promises. I mean, ceremonial displays, graphic signs, covenant meals with the inaugurator of such covenant promises, none of that stopped Sarah's disbelief. What makes us think it would assuage ours? God in his grace does not scold our unbelief, though he has every reason to do so. What else does he have to prove to us? Yet he bears with our struggle of faith, choosing instead to prove himself 
over and over and over as a faithful God in the face of our unbelieving doubts. Remember, he is the El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one that sustains all of creation, including us, even in the midst of our unbelief. For just as God dramatically confirmed his covenant promises to Abraham, he will do so with us as well. Fast forward hundreds of years and we find again the covenant promises of God being promised. You see God over and over dramatically promising that he would return to his covenant people. And once again, true to his word, God did come to inaugurate a new covenant of grace on those who would believe. He came himself to inaugurate this. He even came in a way that was truly miraculous. God always arrives on the scene in ways that we would never expect. Just like Abraham and Sarah, here is a child conceived to an infertile woman and well beyond childbearing years or a virgin-born son. Either way, God's arrival is always far more miraculous, far more miraculous than we can imagine. Just as he promised Abraham, God wants to do things in a way that only he can take credit for accomplishing. And faith lies at the heart of God's plan in our lives. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We honor a faithful God when we have confidence in his ability to accomplish what he promised and what he alone can bring to pass. Faith is the key component of our salvation. We trust God that if we do what he says and believe unto righteousness, the fact that Jesus came, died, and rose again by faith, God will give us eternal life. That same kind of faith is critical for our growth in Christ as well. If in ourselves we laugh and shudder at the fantastic promises of God like Sarah did, then we deny that God can accomplish what he promised. But honestly, nothing is impossible with God. And to doubt that leaves us with egg on our face when God comes through just as he promised he would. Jesus, help us to believe your promises, even when they seem too incredible to be true. Remind us, Lord, that we that you are in the business of doing things for which only you can take credit. Help us honor you when we read your promises in your word, and help us to believe by faith what could never be accomplished by sight, and in the process, grow our relationship with you. In your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.